This is the Walking Well Podcast, and I'm your host, Jalon Martz. I'm so excited that you're here. I love, love, love this time that we get to have at the beginning of every week to just sort of pause, to pour into ourselves, to hear, you know, any sort of encouragement that the Lord has for us. Um, and I'm super stoked that you're you're here. Um, if it's your first time here, welcome. We're so excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I don't know if you are. I'm stoked. Um, and for all of my people that are back again, yo, welcome back. It's super exciting. Um, to have this space with you guys to sort of just talk and allow the Lord to sort of speak and just for wisdom to come forth. I am a serious lover of wisdom. I think there's something absolutely beautiful and profound about the Lord giving us wise ways to walk through life. Um, And so I'm glad we have the space. I'm glad we get to do this thing here called life together, like Prince would say. Um, (laughs) So uh, this month, October, which has been flying by, We've just been talking about, you know, guarding our hearts and paying attention to what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what's coming out of our mouths. And I really consider that one of those sort of like foundational Christian disciplines that we don't ever really graduate from. We um, never stop using the ABCs, the alphabet, you know. And I think that as Christians, paying attention to the state of our our heart, paying attention to what's going in, what's coming out is just one of those foundational things integral things that we're just we don't ever grow away from we don't ever mature past in fact it's the mark of maturity for us to be paying attention to those things so um last well let's see at the start of the month the first week in october we just sort of established some like foundational boundary type words, right? We were talking about the heart. And one of the things that we said about the heart is that it's a lot like soil. And so whenever you, you know, sit down to plant something, you've got to know, all right, what what kind of soil is this? What is the composition? What is the makeup? Is it rocky? Is it thorny? Especially if you're trying to like, you know, do one of those gardens in your backyard, you've got to kind of know what you're working with, right? And what the state of the soil is. Are there weeds? Do we have to pull anything out? Is there, um, is there any sort of like leaching happening in the soil? You've got to figure out what you're working with when it comes to soil. And the same thing goes for our hearts. We have to figure out what we're working with, you know. Um, A lot of times we think we are just the way that we are. Like, I'm impatient. I'm just that way. You know, I'm snippy. That's that's just how I am. And that's, I mean, in some ways, yes, maybe you just lack discipline and you haven't, you know, um, instilled some basic Christian character. Um, But in other ways, you know, life is written on us and there's a reason why we are the way that we are. And so your heart, checking your heart out and looking at what's going on on the inside of you is really about figuring out why you are the way that you are. What has happened? What has not happened? What have people said? What have people done? What have you archived in your memory? What have you told yourself about who you are and who God is to you, you know? paying attention to our our heart soil is really that process. And we also talked about our hearts being, um, you know, this sort of central space that we need to guard. The scriptures say, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. And so we have to guard our hearts. We have to know what's happening there because our heart is our motor. It's our life's motor. Um, Whatever's going on in your heart is the direction of your life. And so if there's tons of bitterness there, you're probably driving people away. You're probably not... um, coming off as a friendly, inviting person to hang out with. Um, If you find yourself around other bitter people or other angry people, it's probably because you're magnetizing those people to you because of what's going on in your heart. Um, So from there, you know, we talked about 
uh, our mouths. And so I had my my wonderful mother, Gian Martz, on the podcast. And she and I are very similar in plenty of ways. And our big mouth-ism is one of those ways that um, I guess it's inherited, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, we sat down and just talked about what it looks like to submit to the Lord and being a big mouth, you know, I think that a lot of times uh, the areas that we are greatly gifted in are the areas that we also have to kind of conversely develop and submit to the Lord even more. And so I know I'm a big mouth, but I'm also one of those people that I think the Lord wants me wants me to use my mouth, you know, and I want, he wants me to submit that to him, say what he wants me to say, say it how he needs me to say it, say it when he needs me to say it, if he needs me to say it. Um, and so I have to learn how to submit myself, um, to the Lord in that and run all of my words, every, all the conversations, all the things that I want to say through the word of God. And so me and my mom talked about that. We talked about, um, how, when, if, you know, how should we say it? When should we say it? Should we say it? You know, we talked about, you know, not just talking, you know, about submitting our words to the Lord, but also when we find ourselves in keyboarding situations where, you know, you want to hop on the computer or text something back really fast and someone's being a little sassy with you. And just that the, you know, we're not supposed to be carrying the word outside of us. The Lord is Lord over our text conversations. He's Lord over our Snapchat. He's Lord over our Facebook accounts. Like he's Lord over all. So all of that needs to be submitted to him. Uh, it's not some sort of separate entity, you know. Um, so from there, we talked about our ear gate. And essentially, the thing that we said about that was that what goes in ultimately is going to come out. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we want to make sure that what we're hearing, what we're listening to, what we're giving ear space, because, you know, it's space that we're, it's, it's space that we're giving it. We want to make sure that it's, it's worth the space that we're offering to it, you know? And so, um, if what we hear takes up space in our hearts, does it crowd out the word? Does it create thorns? Is it creating an adverse environment for the word and what God's trying to do in and through our lives? Like, or is it creating, you know, good soil? Is it, weeding out all of the bad stuff? Is it um, keeping away all the fear, all the negativity, all the um, anxiety? Or is it inviting all that stuff? Is it creating an atmosphere for gossip? Is it creating an atmosphere for fear? Is it creating an atmosphere for contention and strife and envy? Um, And just like everything else, you know, our ears, our, our, our mouth, our eyes, these are all gates. And so today we're going to talk about, um, our eye gate. Um, and kind of like the disclaimer that I keep sort of giving our, our, our gates are not something that are, um, it's not juvenile. It's not childish for us to pay attention to these things. It's a sign of maturity. Um, the scriptures say in Proverbs that we shouldn't, we should pay attention and know the state of our flocks. And a lot of times we think if we're not paying attention to it, it's not happening. It's not affecting us. We don't have to deal with it. But by us not dealing with things, it gets overrun and things get bad. And, you know, infections happen in our hearts and in our minds and, and strongholds are established that are fighting and choking out the word. And so we have to pay attention to these things. And, disclaimer number two as I'm talking about the you know paying attention to your eye gate um I don't want you to hear this and go like oh my gosh here comes another chick trying to tell me what I can't watch what I can't listen to what I like no that's not it um I know it's a sensitive topic I know it's a touchy topic I know we've had tons of don't taste don't touch don't eat don't watch don't look you know I know we've got that and for sure, believe that there are definite no-nos. There are definite lines that we are, as believers, have no business crossing. Um, But there are lines that are individual to people. There are lines that it's like, yo, what is your conviction? Follow that. And so I'm just encouraging you to, like everything else, submit to the Holy Spirit, 
figure out what the line is and why that's your line and to not cross that, to respect that line, right? So with our eyes, (laughs) one of the biggest reasons I think it's important to pay attention to what we're watching, what we're looking at, what we are um, internally seeing for ourselves is because we have, we all have an inner image. We all have an inner picture of how things, how life, how different scenarios should go down for us. And sometimes those are really positive images. Sometimes it's a picture perfect, happy life, white picket fence. Everybody comes home and we have dinner on the table and we talk peaceably together. Other times it is a fear-based picture. Um, and and that's problematic. You know, our inner image should reflect the word of God in our lives. Um, but a lot of times our inner image is guided by the things that we're, we're watching, the things that we're seeing, the things that we're thinking on. Um, so I'll give you an example. Both of my grandmothers live in Louisiana and they live in New Orleans, actually. Um, and they all really, or they all, they both really enjoy watching the news. One of my grandmothers, <laughs> um, they kind of just sort of keep it on in the background, especially um, like at night to catch like the six o'clock news or whatever. And um, one of my grandmothers, she has like, <laughs> she's super precautious. Like she gets out of her car and she's gone shopping. Everything needs to be covered in the car. You know, she's got like three locks for her back door. Excuse me. Um, she um, has a bunch of little random objects. <laughs> Just a bunch of little random objects hidden under pillows and under beds and behind couches and things. Like if anything ever were to go down, she could use it as a weapon. And they're totally random. So they're not even like weaponized items. They're like a, a weird bouncy muscle hand relaxer thing. I don't know. But she's just like got a plan in every scenario. And I would just be like, Grandma, like what <laughs> is this? Why is this under the pillow? What are you doing? And I just ask her, like, yo, has anybody ever broken into your house? Like, is there some traumatic experience that you are living out of that I don't know about? And, like, she has nothing for me. And I really believe it comes from just sitting there and hearing, okay, this person, you know, kidnapped this person. This person's missing. This man shot this man. He ran up on, you know, hearing all these scenarios of all these accidents accidents (laughs) and tragedies um, happening. And it just, it's like, it just puts her on constant, like, fear alert, fear mode. Like, oh my goodness, this could happen. And she's super cautious. Um, and it affects her inner image. You know, we talk about faith comes by hearing. We're also told to stare at Jesus. Like Hebrews 12, one and two talks about, we run our race and we run it with diligence and we look away from everything that would distract unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Why do we look at Jesus? We look at Jesus because what we behold is what we become. And because what we behold is what we become, it's uber important to pay attention to what we're beholding. You know, it talks, we talk about, um, you know, what are you emphasizing? What are you focusing on? What are you meditating on? You know, Joshua 1 and 9 talks about meditating this word day and night and therein will you have good success. Like, what is the picture that you're ruminating on that you're seeing? Do you see yourself healed? Do you see yourself whole? Do you see yourself um, forgiving people and letting things go? Or do you, you know, do you nurse and rehearse? Are you sitting there thinking about how that person didn't give you your $2 back in middle school and how you bought them pizza? Every, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what what are you doing? Um, because all of that stuff creates a, a, an internal reality for us. And our internal reality is the reality that we live out of. Um, And so if your inner reality is I'm subject to danger at all times of the day, you're going to live out of that reality and be uber cautious and like the crazy lady that's totally afraid of being carjacked all the time, you know? And not to say that there's not, you know, wisdom in the earth, not to say that there's not, you know, best practices, things that we should do and shouldn't do, like, you know, how you should behave and it's, you know, dark at night or whatever. Not to say that you you violate that kind of stuff because that's wisdom, 
Um, but just considering like, all right, I find myself super anxious when I'm in this sort of situation or super afraid in this situation. Do I think I'm going to be publicly embarrassed? You know, do I see myself as a middle schooler who's constantly going to be like made fun of? Like, what is the picture that you have on the inside of yourself and where did that come from? Is it something that you're physically seeing? Um, or is it something that you're internally ruminating on and that you see, you know, kind of in your, in your head? Um, what we behold, we become. What we think about, we become. That's why we're told to meditate. That's why we're told to, to watch our eyes, to be mindful about what we're giving focus and emphasis to. Um, I think about the story of Jacob when he was tending Laban's flocks, you know. Um, he and Laban struck a deal. It was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. All the all the lambs that are born that are speckled and spotted, you're going to get those. I'm going to keep the white ones. It'll be fine. And that's how you can establish, you know, your own sort of like lamb account. I don't know. And so what Jacob did, because Jacob was cunning all of his life, um, was that he took these poplar branches and he like kind of, um, I think he, he kind of scraped them so that the speckled spotted part of the, of the branch was exposed and he put it where the lambs would go, where the sheep would go and mate. And so the, the sheep then started producing, um, (laughs) which I think is just still so crazy to this day. They started producing lambs. They started having lambs that were speckled and spotted. Um, and one, I think God was with Jacob, so he just automatically made him prosper. But I think it also illustrates this point of what you behold, you become. Um, and so one of the things I had to learn very quickly, um, was this, this fact, this reality, you know, I think often about when I was in college, you know, I thought, yo, I'm in, I'm in Gainesville. I'm, you know, going to go to UF. There are 50,000 people here. There are plenty of churches. My husband is here. I know he is Jesus because that's just how that's going to work or whatever. And, you know, I was sort of fixated on getting married. It wasn't like I went to college to get married. I didn't, I wasn't, that wasn't my life. You know, that wasn't what I was doing. I was going to get my degree, whether or not, but, um, I was really fixated on it. Me and my roommates, our conversations would ultimately at some point end up, you know, talking about, this is what I'm looking for in a relationship. This is the kind of husband that I want. This is the kind of marriage that I want, you know, and I'd be watching, you know, marriage, you know, sermons and things like that, things on marriage or reading books. And I think some of that was good. It was preparation because I do want to be married someday. Um, but I, I think I was just fixated on it and I found myself really discontent in my singleness and I had to kind of pause or not. I, Jesus had to come and be like, skirt, Hey, time out. Let's just, can we talk about this for a second? Cause I don't know why you think you're going to be content when you're constantly kind of in this direction. Um, and it was because, you know, I, I was giving all this emphasis. I was constantly putting before my eyes, marriage, 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 marriage. And I had to be honest and go, okay, am I giving this the right focus or is this all out of balance and out of whack? You know, there's preparation. Okay, cool, fine. And then there's fixation and that's not healthy. And you're living out of the space where you're, you're basically, um, upending your contentment because you're focusing on the season of life that you're not in. And, and I think a lot of us in some ways, um, have to be mindful of doing that. We have to be mindful of our focus. So like with social media, Hey, you've got to be mindful of not disturbing your contentment with your portion. You have to be mindful of, you know, not scrolling through and seeing everybody's boss moves and their houses and their kids and their what, you know, their, their marriages or their engagements or whatever, and not being content with where you are. A lot of times social media is completely a, um, a distractor when God has given you amazing things. God has put you in an amazing place. God has done amazing things for you that you rejoice at at the onset, but you get distracted when you scroll through everybody else's highlight reel. And, and you lose all sorts of gratitude and thankfulness and contentment with your portion. 
And so what we put in front of us is super important. It's very important. And again, I am not saying don't get on Facebook or Instagram. I'm saying check your consumption, look at your soil, see what fruit you're producing, and is that what you want? Um, What we behold, we become. But also, you know, the scriptures talk about you want your eye wholly flooded with light. What is your focus? What is your focus on? Um, One of the really cool things about these gates is that you control them. You know, as we talked about your mouth, as we talked about your ears, you control what goes into your ears. You control what comes out of your mouth. You control, you know, the conversations that you entertain and the things that you're watching and the things that you're thinking on. And so if things are not going the way that you want them to go, yo, you can totally switch that up. You know, if you're not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish, if you feel like you're floating through life, what are you looking at? You know, I think one of the really cool things about this is that it's super neutral. Your soil is soil is soil. Soil doesn't go, I'm not going to produce that marijuana seed. No, no, no. That's illegal here in Florida. That's not what I'm doing. If you plant marijuana in soil, it's going to grow. Just like if you planted corn in soil, it's going to grow. The soil does not discriminate. And that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing because you can change that. You can change what you're producing. Um, I, I think it's really important to have people in front of you that are farther along in life in things, in areas, in disciplines than you are because you can then see that it's possible. I remember uh, my, my spiritual dad, when I first got to our, our church, you know, I was kind of in this weird place where it was like, yo, people in marriage are not really in love. They don't really like each other. They're kind of just like there because they're there. And at some point they really were in love and now it's just sort of the rigmarole, the mundane. And it wasn't until I saw he and my spiritual mom that I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) you can just be like best buddies with the person that you're married to? Like, and not to say that marriages don't go through seasons, but that you guys can like each other and be buds and enjoy each other and encourage each other and just dig each other. That was new for me. And because I saw it, then I was, I was then able to desire it and to, to go, Lord, I extend my faith for that in my life, you know? And so for a lot of us, um, we have the power to, to, to see more come out of our lives. And sometimes it's changing your friend group. I keep amazing women around me. I keep women that are older than me, more seasoned than me, that are (laughs) gentler than I am, that are more disciplined than I am, that are sometimes more relaxed and, and, you know, are not so type A because I, I, I need to have what they have in my life. They have something that I want, you know, and I'm not ashamed to go, Hey, you've got that on your life. How did you get there? Can you show me that? And to allow them to disciple me in those things. And sometimes discipleship is not a super intentional, you know, we sit down for four hours at, you know, Panera and you tell me all of your ways. No, sometimes discipleship is, I'm going to just hang out. I'm going to serve you, you know, because I want to see what's, I want what's coming off of your life to drip onto my life. And so having a picture of those people, having, having those people in your life, seeing them in action is a way that you can affect one, your inner image two the seed that's in your soil and three, the fruit that you produce. The other thing that I found really awesome and really amazing is vision boards. I am so a proponent of vision boards and it's only been the past few years that I've done them, but let me tell you how they've changed my life. So, um, a lot of times we float through life and we are kind of just doing whatever, right? And that is the equivalent of getting up at the beginning of your day and having no plan for how you're going to spend your time. You might get some stuff done, but who really knows you didn't have a plan? Vision boards. You sit down at the end of one year as the year closes out and you say, okay, when the next year closes out, what do I want to have accomplished? What do I want to have read? Where do I want to have gone? Um, What do I want to have invested, given, sown? How do I want to spend my time? What did I want to build with that year? And then going, all right, now how am I going to do that? 
How am I going to do that? How am I going to travel the world this year? How am I going to become my own boss this year? How am I going to, you know, get on my way to become a homeowner this year? And and then having, you know, your goal, you have your goal, you have your objectives. How am I going to do that? How am I going to reach that goal? And it's been very interesting to me to have things that I've put on my vision board um, and see them kind of happen. Sometimes very intentionally, other times with just an opportunity coming, you know, to me and taking advantage of that opportunity um, because it was something that I said I wanted to do. And it's also really helpful in keeping you focused. It's this is where we said we were going. Now, if this if something else comes up and it's not on my board, is it going to take away from the things that I'm already in motion on? You know, and obviously you plan your way. The Lord orders your steps. You might go, hey, Jesus, this is what I th- what I'm thinking. You ultimately submit that plan to the Lord. Right. Um, and he tells you, yay or nay, this is not going to happen this year. It'll happen next year or whatever. Um, so you make a plan. But the Lord, he he really sets everything else. And he sets it. He sets it all in stone. But. Having a plan before you, how are you, how are you going to spend 2018? Have you started thinking? I've definitely started thinking about what is 2018 going to look like for me? Um, and wanting to have a picture, wanting to have an image, wanting to have, all right, I want to, I want to write a book or, okay, I want to be more diligent here. Okay. I want to, I want to be working out regularly. What is the image that you're putting in front of you? Because ultimately if you don't have a picture in front of you, you are floating. I start my I start my day with, you know, my, my bullet point planner. Like, all right, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. And it guides my actions. And we have to be that intentional with our lives. We have to be that intentional with the state of our soil. We have to be that intentional with our words, with the time and the things that we put before our eyes and the things that we allow to come into our ears and the conversations that we um, entertain with the people that we allow around us because they are pictures. They are mirror images. You take your five friends and you are the, you are the sum total. You are the average of your five closest friends. Um, and so what is that picture? Does that picture frighten you? Does that picture kind of dishearten you? Does that picture make you excited? What is, what is the picture that's painted when you take, um, a kind of account of the people that you keep closest to you? Um, so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged and I want you to feel empowered. Like you got this. You are in complete control of the fruit that comes up out of your life. What do you want there? What kind of fruit do you want to bear? You know, what are the words that you want to come out of your mouth? What are the, what are the places um, that you, where are the places that you want to go? What are the things that you want to build? What are, what are, what do you, how do you want to be known? How do you want people to know you? When they taste of your life, what do you want them to say? And so be encouraged, be empowered. Um, this is your moment. This is your now. This is your life. You and Jesus are sitting in this driver's seat. What do you want? And don't be afraid to go after that. Don't be afraid to set up a plan, to draw a picture and say, this is who I want to be. This is who God says that I am. And I want to fully embody that woman. I want to fully embody that person in my work, in my family, in my meanness, you know, not meanness, in my meanness, in my individuality. Um, So I encourage you guys, it's Monday. If it was a great day, hoorah, keep it going. If it was a not so great day, if you took some punches, yo, get back up. We're doing this. This is what we're doing. We are kicking this week's butt. We are going to reign in life as queens. And so I encourage each one of you do the thing. Do the thing this week. Boss it out. You are amazing. You are capable. You have the risen savior on the inside of you and there is nothing standing in your way that will defeat you. Have an amazing week. I love you guys. Bye. (laughs) 